Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, how are you today? Thanks so much, Owen. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, watching, and listening. We are just nine days away from opening day in the Futures League, and we're super excited. Yeah, the countdown continues to opening day just nine days away. We are extremely excited. I feel like we're on a broken record saying that, but seriously, it cannot come soon enough. We're really excited, too, for this interview. We had C.J. Knudsen, the senior vice president of one of the two newest teams, the Vermont Lake Monsters, on the podcast today. Episode three of season three. Really excited for you guys to hear this one. Yeah, C.J. super excited to have baseball back at Centennial Field in Burlington, and we're excited to have Vermont in the Futures League. Yeah, really excited. And without further ado, we present our interview with C.J. Knudsen. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest. He is one of the GMs of the two new teams in the Futures League, and he is gearing up for his first summer in Burlington, Vermont, in the Futures League. It's C.J. Knudsen of the Vermont Lake Monsters. C.J., thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Doing great, Owen. Thanks for having me. John, how you doing? Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we're excited too, and we're going to get right to it here. What can you tell us about the process of the Lake Monsters joining the Futures League? <laughs> well, it was definitely a roller coaster ride. Obviously, uh, as everyone's aware, Major League Baseball decided to reorganize the way minor league baseball uh, worked and also looks. And so they eliminated 42 minor league baseball teams last year. And uh, so the Vermont Lake Browns were trying to figure out where they're going to land. The Futures League uh, you know, turned out to be the perfect option for us. Uh, and along with that transition, the Vermont Lake Monsters were sold from uh, the former owner, Ray Pecor, to our current owner, Chris English. So the timing was perfect. But with that being said, uh, you know, the sale became official around March 15th. Uh, so it's been a tight timeline trying to relaunch the, uh, the franchise and uh, get ready for a Futures League season. Yeah, so we're, we're super happy that the Lake Monsters are uh, in the league. We're super happy that the league is now up in Burlington, Vermont, uh, your hometown. Why the Futures League? Was there any other stuff on the table for the Lake Monsters? Well, I think uh, there's a couple different options that the Lake Monsters could have looked at and joined, but at the end of the day, Futures League's great. You know, it's the same number of home games uh, as the New York Penn League was, which is 38 home games, which is great. The quality of baseball, uh, I would say, is even better than the New York Penn League. We're, we're going to have some great baseball players uh, this season uh, joining us at Centennial and in Burlington. You know, and from our standpoint, you know, the fans are just super eager to, to come back out and cheer on the Lake Monsters. And, and that's what's important is, uh, you know, same uniform, same name, same mascot champ dancing on the dugout. So it'll be a very similar fan experience, and, and people are really excited for opening day. Yeah, we can't wait to see some baseball at Centennial Field. So we know how the Lake Monsters joined the league, but how did your return to the club come into fruition? Uh, when uh, Chris English was uh, getting ready to purchase the ball club uh, from Ray Pecor, he reached out to me and asked if I had interest in uh, kind of coming back to Burlington and joining the Lake Monsters again, which technically this is my third time here. So I started out as an intern at the Vermont Expos back in 1995, rejoined the organization in 1997 as their assistant GM, and then became the GM of the Vermont Expos slash Lake Monsters in 2000. I was with that ball club for, for 10 years as their GM before moving to uh, Norwich, Connecticut to help launch the Connecticut Tigers, uh, which is now the Norwich Unicorns, which is also a team that happened to join the Futures League this year. So it's a lot of it comes full circle for, for myself. And, and so uh, Chris and I were uh, able to uh, figure out a great game plan for me to come back to Burlington, uh, which is an area that I grew up in. So my family members live up here. I, you know, grew up in Syria, went to school in this area for high school and 
And so it's just nice to be able to reconnect to the Burlington market. Yeah, we'll get to that Norwich Sea Unicorn story a little later, definitely. <laughs> so now you and Chris English obviously have this new chapter in a business relationship wise coming up this summer. But what's your relationship like with him? And how do you get in touch with you? Oh, it's a great relationship. Chris is a wonderful individual. Uh, he's obviously a big baseball fan. You know, he owns another team in the Futures League, the Brockton Rocks. Uh, he grew up in the Montreal area. He's a big Expos fan. Uh, he used to come down to see the Vermont Expos play uh, years ago. Uh, and so it's just a really a natural fit. So it allows to have uh, allows him and allows this market to have baseball close to Montreal. So after uh, the COVID storm is done, then, uh, you know, our, our friends north of the border can come down and, and cheer on uh, the Lake Monsters. Chris and I are really working well together. I love his vision and I love his passion for the game of baseball and really for the community. Right. So speaking of passion for the game of baseball, Pete Wilk is the Lake Monsters brand new head coach. He was at Georgetown for quite a quite a bit of time. How do you know him? What went into that decision and why Pete Wilk? Chris was actually the one that found Pete. Pete has been at Georgetown for 20 years. I believe he just retired. I had a chance to meet with Pete a couple weeks ago here in Burlington, which is great. He's a great, great guy. Uh, he's obviously a very talented, great baseball guy. And so uh, he's really looking forward to a, a fun summer. Uh, Centennial Field is uh, one of the oldest ballparks in the country. So uh, the field itself was built in 1906. The grandstands, the current grandstands were built in 1922. So it's got a ton of history. Thousands of, of players have been through there, you know, not only from the Reds and Mariners days back in the 80s to the Expos days, the Nationals, the uh, Oakland Athletics. So it's got a ton, ton of baseball. So Pete's looking forward to taking the reins, uh, leading the charge. He's been great to work with. And we also have our director of baseball operations, Morgan Brown. Morgan uh, played at Harvard, played professionally for a little while. And so th these guys really know uh, the game of baseball and have been able to uh, recruit, uh, scout our players for us, which is exciting. Yeah, we're really excited to see that unfold in a couple weeks here. We are so close to opening day. And speaking of opening day, you just touched on Centennial Field. We got to have you put your marketing hat on for a second. What should fans look forward to most about visiting Centennial Field and watching baseball in Vermont this summer? Well, I think the most important thing is baseball's back. I mean, you know, there obviously was not a season last year across really the most of the country, you know, in terms of minor league baseball or a lot of the collegiate league. You know, the Futures League did play last year, which is unbelievable that they were able to uh, field a, a, a season, which is, you know, awesome. You know, baseball's back. You know, we signed a five-year lease with the University of Vermont, which is exciting. Getting ready to plan a lot of renovations to the ballpark, a lot of fan amenities to the ballpark, which will uh, start for the 2021 season and then hopefully be finished prior to 2022 season. And we have a lot of our old standby promotions, you know, with the, you know, hot dog, hot dog hysteria, which is 25 cent hot dog night at the ballpark. We're doing that three times this year. Uh, we're going to have two uh, post-game fireworks shows. We're going to do a handful of giveaways and some outside entertainment acts. You know, we'll we'll definitely have a lot of fan entertainment for our fans, even despite uh, getting a, a late start. You know, we'll have some giveaway items uh, for the for the fans to enjoy and take home. And, you know, it's been a, a, cha a challenge, but it's also been a fun challenge to see if we can get the franchise launched and ready to go. Our home opener is uh, Saturday, uh, May 29th, which is great. Uh, we did make some adjustments. We were able to move two of our games originally scheduled in May to July to try to uh, navigate through the COVID waters and uh, Vermont the COVID restrictions as well. So you got to tell us more about that 25 cent hot dog night. Has that been going on since the Expos days? Was that there when you were there in your well, first or second stint? Or Yeah, yeah, it's been there for years. It's a fan favorite. Uh, it, they, we serve about 9,000 hot dogs every night when we do hot dog hysteria. 
So 25 Cent Dog, it's a great product. It's McKenzie Hot Dog, which is a local hot dog vendor. Fans are eating a lot of hot dogs that night. So it's a uh, it's, it's pretty awesome promotion. Uh, I think fans really are have waiting, have been waiting for it now for almost two years for it to come back. So I think they're going to be extra hungry this year. I'll be sure to make it up that day, definitely. Yeah. So unfortunately, we're still talking about COVID restrictions. Will fans be able to experience all that Centennial Field has to offer despite these restrictions? Yeah, for the most part, May, we're allowed to have 300 people max unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated, it's unlimited, uh, which is great. Once June 1st arrives, we're allowed to have 900 people unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated, it's unlimited. And then come July 4th, there's no restrictions at all. There's no social distancing, no masks required. Uh, and so it'd be a lot easier to operate, you know, from a standpoint of selling tickets and, and getting people back to the park. We have a majority of our home games really in July and August, which is great. You know, we were able to move two of those games in May to July to help uh, kind of combat that. It's going to be interesting without a doubt, to say the least, for the first month or so of the season. But once we, uh, you know, get through that, then it'll be back to uh, normal operations and uh, a lot of great promotions. And uh, the one thing I love about the Futures League is the schedule. You know, the schedule wraps up mid-August. New York Penn League, normally we'd start in mid-June and then wrap up early September. You know, those are those are tough, uh, tough days at the end of August or early September to, to draw fans, to have people still be excited about baseball because they're starting to move on to things like thinking about football and going back to school. And the chilly nights in, uh, in late August or early September in Vermont, you know, it doesn't feel like baseball weather sometimes. So so we're excited that the, uh, the season wraps up uh, nicely in mid-August. Yeah, it is a longer season, but a season that ends just at the right time, as you said. And you just touched on it. How have you worked with the town of Burlington to get the Lake Monsters underway and still abide by the restrictions, at least until July 4th, as you said? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a partnership with the, the state of Vermont, Chamber of Commerce, with the city of Burlington, with our sponsors, with our vendors. I mean, it's literally takes everybody, you know, it takes everybody to kind of uh, figure out, you know, where we're going to land and how we operate the, a large venue with uh, large crowds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a challenging process. It's been a learning process. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we know that there's going to be some bumps in the road, but, you know, we'll eventually get through it. This is something that really nobody's ever experienced before in their life. So it's a, you know, it's tricky, it's a tricky situation. I mean, it's a tricky situation from how do you operate a, an office during a pandemic? How do you operate a ballpark during a pandemic? You know, how do you deal with hotels and busing and, and everything else? So, uh, a lot of moving parts, uh, a little extra extra level of uh, making sure that we have safety protocols in place for our fans, for our sponsors, for our players, for our staff. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're moving forward. I think at the end of the day, people are really anxious and excited to to get outside, see their friends, see their family members, that may, and, and really take in a baseball game because it's been a long time since they've been able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. We're certainly excited to help continue to develop our product and get some baseball on the field finally after this, yeah. again, another tricky, tricky couple of years. Before we get back to our interview with CJ Knudsen, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. 
visit 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to CJ Knudsen. And we just said we're eagerly awaiting the start of the season and to see some new faces as well as some old faces on the field. So can you give us a bit of a preview for some names to expect on the 2021 Lake Monsters? Yeah, Pete and Morgan are actually working on the roster right now. So there's still some you know, some changes in terms of additions and subtractions that are happening every single day. Some of the players are still playing, obviously, college baseball. They could be in the playoffs. They're getting ready for the playoffs. Some guys could be injured. Some guys may or may not want to play this year. And so it's a, you know, so it's really a revolving door in terms of what's happening. The one thing that will be uh, interesting from our standpoint is uh, once the season starts and once the players arrive, there shouldn't be that much player movements as in uh, years past with the Oakland Athletics or Nationals. Uh, in this marketplace because you know you'd have guys you know coming and going every single day you know they're coming and going from the different levels guys could get released they can get injured they can get promoted they can get get demoted and so it'll be nice to be able to have some consistency in terms of our players uh it looks like we'll have a couple guys from vermont uh, that have ties to vermont that you know played high school baseball here which is awesome you know because there's only been a handful of guys that played on the expos organization or the nationals organization that you know, have or had ties to Vermont. So it's neat to be able to uh, start having a little more of a local flavor. We love the requirement by the uh, Futures League, but at least 13 players on your roster need to have some sort of connection to New England, you know, either from New England or going to a New England institution, which, which is great. It's kind of a neat thing. And we love the uh, the home run derby yeah, after uh, extra innings, after the 10th inning. I, we think that's that's great. Every time we say that to our, tell that story to our fans or our sponsors, they get a big chuckle. And a lot of the kids are looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, the home run derby to win a stable in the Futures League back once again this year. And yeah, local flavor is spread all over the league. So really excited to see the Vermont local flavor in the equation. And from the Futures League to your personal background, you started with the Vermont franchise when you were an intern in 1995, as you mentioned. You rose to assistant GM in 97 and were the GM in 2000. What was it like to go all the way from intern to GM in the organization and now return as the senior vice president? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was scary at times, to say the least. Uh, you know, they kind of hand over the keys to the franchise uh, in 2000 when I was named GM. I think I might have been the youngest GM in the country at that point. I think I was 25 uh, and, uh, you know, trying to run a baseball franchise and definitely didn't have the answers. Still don't have all the answers today, but uh, it was a ton of fun. We had great memories, great partnerships with our sponsors, with the fans, with the staff, players. It was a ton of fun. You know, I remember one of my fondest memories, even though it wasn't very fun at the time, but 2003, we were the worst baseball team in America. So our record was 19 wins, 56 losses. And so uh, it was, you know, tough to lose 56 games, but we did. The season opened up 0-8. And, and so that's when I decided to sleep in the dugout until we won a game. So we put out a press release on a Friday afternoon, which normally you don't put out a press release on Friday afternoon unless it's bad news. And so it says Expos GM dreams of victory. We put it out and uh, sure enough, the next night we lost and uh, spent seven long nights in the dugout. And uh, with each loss, we'd add another member of the dugout, of our front office staff to the dugout. And so it eventually became known as the slump for party since we were in such a bad slump. It got uh, a ton of local media attention uh, and then it turned into a national media story and then went international, went on the BBC and then did a radio interview with uh, NPR on all things considered their, their radio show. So it was a ton of fun. Uh, it sold some tickets for us, got some, uh, sold some merchandise for us. And it was just, you know, kind of taking something that uh, was pretty much out of our control and turning it into a positive promotion for the community. 
That's absolutely fantastic. That's a that's a great story. Yeah. Hopefully, let's not have that happen this year with the Lake Monsters, but you never know. Maybe maybe you sleep in the dugout when they win all of their games. Who knows? Maybe. Well, if, uh, if I'm going to sleep in the dugout, I'm make sure that Pete Wilk is with me. <laughs> so that way he and I can sleep in it together. <laughs> there you yeah. go. And you touched on the crazy coincidence earlier. You were with the Norwich Sea Unicorns right until early this spring, and they just announced they're joining the Futures League. How was your time with the organization, and what's it going to be like to play them during summer ball? Oh, it's, from my standpoint, it's going to be great yeah, playing the, the Sea Unicorns. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I was with that ball club for 11 years. I'm kind of helping with the transition a little bit in terms of them joining the league here. And we actually open up our first home game is uh, against the Norwich Unicorns. It's very apropos uh, for myself. That was a, a really fun experience, you know, really helping to relaunch a franchise in Norwich, Connecticut, 2010. Dodd Stadium is a beautiful stadium. Uh, it's a large stadium. It seats about 6,600 people. Uh, there's 18 luxury suites upstairs, which are beautiful. We have an indoor batting cage, gorgeous uh, indoor uh, retail store, big clubhouses. So it's much different from Centennial Field, going from really one of the oldest ballparks in the country to a, a rather you know semi-new ballpark. It was built in 1995 for the Double uh, A New York Yankees. It's a great field, uh, you know, great market. So I think uh, it was you know really really good decision in terms of Norwich joining the Futures League because it's a great facility uh, geographically uh, it's really close to New Britain which is a natural uh, partner and natural rivalry Norwich is also close to Worcester and Brockton so you know geographic from a geography standpoint it makes perfect sense to join the Futures League and that market's used to a short season you know baseball you know since we had the New York Penn League there for for 10 10 years yeah really excited i visited Dodd Stadium many times as a kid beautiful stadium really excited for Norwich to be in the league, as well as the Lake Monsters. And we got to ask, you touched on the fact that they were the Connecticut Tigers in 2010, and you yeah. were there for the name change and the rebrand. <laughs> so what was that process like? I got to know how you ended up on Sea Unicorns, which is a fantastic name, but a little bit out there. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a ton of fun. You know, we were getting ready while well, we signed 10-year lease with the city of Norwich. Uh, and, you know, part of the deal was, you know, we wanted to put the name Norwich back into the actual name itself. Uh, which which the city of Norwich asked us to take a look at as well, which we, we think it made, made perfect sense. Then at that point, we te we teamed up with uh, Brandios, uh, the marketing company, very well known. Uh, they do a lot of baseball teams, rebrands, marketing. They actually did uh, a rebrand of the Vermont Lake Monsters logo a few years ago, which is, you know, which was a home run. It obviously looks great. And so we were looking for a, a name in Norwich that kind of ties into that local market, into that local community. Uh, and, the, and Brandios helped us interview people, helped us do a lot of marketing research and, and figured out, you know, what is that area known for, which we had an idea, but, you know, these guys are the experts at it. Norwich itself uh, is a captain's town. A lot of old whaling vessels were there. And a lot of people, a lot of the captains would uh, sail back and forth to the West Indies trading goods and, and all sorts of stuff. And they'd come back with these uh, folklores and these tales of what they would see. While, uh, while on, on the sea. So that's where we were able to kind of narrow it down, uh, kind of have a name your team contest for the fans helped to provide feedback. And uh, it came down to a, a couple of ones, you know, it came down to Norwich Narwhals, which obviously rolls off the tongue pretty well. Uh, Norwich Unicorns, Mill Mules was another one because that's a lot of old mills in that town. The Thermos Company started uh, in Norwich, Connecticut. So a lot of history uh, in, that, in that area. Sea unicorns is kind of where it landed. You say sea unicorns, and you know fans say, "Well, what is that?" Uh, and then they 
Then they look at the logo and realize that it's a, it's a narwhal and uh, it's a narwhal and there's a couple different logos that's tied in to obviously the ocean uh, into uh, the Navy. There's a, a major sub base down in that area. So that's uh, there's a lot of reasons why it's called the sea unicorns, but the, the response from the market, you know, was great. You know, we sold a ton of merchandise. Uh, people think it's a very strange, weird name, which I think, you know, is, is a good thing. It's uh, it'll be a lot of fun having the sea unicorns taking on the lake monsters. So two very unique names. Definitely be good for publicity, especially with the new teams. Before we get back to our interview with CJ Knudsen, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On Demand Storage will pick up your items directly from your location and bring them in storage for you. When you want something back, Give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with CJ Knudsen. You seem to enjoy your time, obviously, in Norwich and back when you're in Burlington. How is this going to be a little different whether it's now that you're not the GM or you're the senior vice president, how, how have your roles kind of, I guess, evolved is the word I'm looking for. You know, it's been, from my standpoint, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, you know, being the GM of the of Vermont Lake Monsters years ago, uh, going to Connecticut, serving as their, you know, senior vice or serving as their, I guess, technically vice president of operations for the first year, uh, and then basically taking over as a GM and the you know senior vice president for the, uh, the club in Connecticut for a number of years. Uh, and then I was uh, moving back. I moved back to Burlington, Vermont after the 2013 season to start a family. You know, that's where the, uh, the ownership group that owns uh, Norwich asked me to stay involved with the ball club, uh, which obviously I, I would wanted to really do. And so that's where we were able to figure out a way to have uh, Dave Skirmerhorn be the GM, take care of the day-to-day operations, and then I'd help uh, assist running the ball club from my house in Vermont. And so, you know, making the commute back and forth to Norwich uh, was a ton of fun from my standpoint. It allowed me to get back to Vermont. And uh, it's a very similar situation here. I live in Rutland, Vermont. I come up to Burlington uh, every single week. I'm up here for a couple days at a time here. And then uh, We'll eventually bring aboard a general manager to help with the day-to-day operations. But it's been, uh, you know, a ton of fun trying to really launch this franchise and and hiring people and and figuring out the marketplace and figuring out, you know, sponsorships, you know, and the different steps you need to take to make sure that you're ready to play baseball uh, when it, for the season opener. Absolutely. And we talked about local flavor on the teams, but it's just, it's great to have local flavor in the front office as well. So great to yeah. hear that you're you're back in Vermont hundred percent. It's been great, you know, cause there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I haven't seen for 11 years, you know, to, so to be able to come back to Burlington and, and uh, see the city and see how the city's changed and grown and, and uh, the, the additions to it, you know, it's pretty awesome. You know, I was fortunate enough, you know, last night after I was working, you know, long day, I got, got a quick little run in on the shores of Lake Champlain and uh, it's just really just a beautiful place to, to work, beautiful place to live and visit. So Burlington is just a, it's a great city in general, and uh, so to be able to have baseball here for a long time is a, is a bonus for everybody. Yeah, that's fantastic, and we cannot wait to get up there. And you guys obviously were a professionally affiliated team in the minor league, so how does your perspective change going from a minor league affiliate to having college athletes in your organization? 
Yeah, I think from from a fan's perspective uh, and from a fan ballpark experience, they're pr it's pretty much going to be identical. You know, so I think the guys will continue to play hard, if not harder, for us in terms of uh, you know trying to make sure that they're performing well and in, in the hopes that they're going to get. Uh, you know, signed to a professional contract at some point down the road here. From uh, the fans' perspective, you know, they're going to see the, you know, the same guys wearing the same uniforms and the same logos and things like that. So, so I think, uh, you know, the response from the marketplace doesn't really seem to matter in terms of if we're affiliated or not. I think their biggest thing is just making sure that we're going to be here for baseball. People can come out and have a hot dog and a, and a Coke, maybe get a giveaway item and, and watch some fireworks. So it's, uh, that's to me, in, in, in this marketplace seems to be the most important thing at this point. Right. So you talked about your slumber party in the dugout. You talked about what the fans can expect. Is there any other big memories that stand out from Centennial Field from your time there? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I grew up in this area. I played high school baseball on that field. I played two games on that field. So it's just really neat to be able to, uh, you know, kind of go back to that facility and help run that facility uh, and help take care of it. And so it's a, as a high school kid to play on it, you know, to, to be the, the GM for the Expos and Lake Monsters and then kind of come back for the third time. You know, Centennial is a pretty special place. It's the premier franchise or premier field uh, in the state of Vermont. And so it's, a, it's great to be able to have that. And the, you know, the support from the sponsors has been awesome. The support from the media has been great. It's, you know, it's, it's a great ballpark. You know, it's in a residential neighborhood. You know, so it's much different from Dodd Stadium, where Dodd Stadium is, it's got a huge parking lot that can hold 2,000 cars to, you know, Centennial Field's going to hold about 150 cars. You know, so it's it, it definitely different facilities, but it's a, a lot of fun being able to work in baseball and continue to work in baseball for hopefully a long time here. Yeah, and your love for baseball extends beyond the field. You also have a company for baseball signage. If you could tell the fans what Grand Slam Signs is and how did your passion for signs turn into this company? <laughs> You guys did some good research. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the plug, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was, when I left the Connecticut Tigers after the 2013 season to move back to Vermont, you know, I figured that I'd be out of, out of the baseball world. And so I was looking for some opportunities to figure out what I could do for a potential career. And so uh, I, I knew in this marketplace in Burlington that there's only a couple signage companies and the, the rates were really expensive. So I figured I could, uh, you know, use and leverage some of the relationships I had from on a national basis to create Grand Slam Signs. And so Grand Slam Signs was born January 2014 uh, and really specializes in producing signs for you know, sports venues, for uh, schools, uh, for businesses. And I use a production house in New Hampshire to do all my printing. And so it, uh, it works out pretty well and uh, you know, helps the customers, helps create a business for myself, it helps uh, the customers spread the word. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun and uh, entertaining and I've used a lot of my skills in, through minor league baseball uh, and learning how to run a business to uh, translate that to running my own business. So it's, uh, it's kind of a fun thing. Yeah, that's awesome. There's nothing like an, a little entrepreneurship for sure. <laughs> yeah, Grand Slam signs, always a hit. <laughs> there you go. And before we get to our final segment, how about a message to Lake Monster fans as we get closer and closer to opening day? Yeah, we just uh, want to say thank you guys very much for your support, uh, especially for this season and for many years to come, and also for the past 27 years, you know, coming out to the ballpark and, and making sure that, you know, the franchise is successful. You know, I think a lot of people were concerned that baseball was not going to be back in Burlington um, after the 2020 season. Like Chris uh, English, you're really making the investment and making the time and making the dream stay here in Burlington. I think that was huge. Not a lot of people would do that. He's taking the risk, and especially during a pandemic. I mean, this is not a, not an easy situation to try to 
purchase a business, uh, run a business, and trying to relaunch a franchise after being away for basically a year. It, uh, you know, if we had six months to get ready for the season, that'd be one thing. But we're basically getting ready for season in a month and a half, two months is uh, two months is a little extra challenging. But uh, but we're up to the task here, and uh, hope it'll be successful not only for this season but for many years to come. Yeah, it's definitely uh, refreshing and exciting to see you you guys in the Sea Unicorns take take this new leap that was kind of thrown at you. So that's awesome, and we're happy yeah. to see that. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, we're 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 excited that we're here and uh, can't wait. Hopefully, we'll go uh, sixty eight wins and zero losses. We'll see what happens. That seems to be everyone's plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, somebody's right, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> We now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, CJ, we wanted to ask a few more questions to our audience to get to know you better. Is that okay? Sure, that'd be great. All right, let's roll. Favorite player to come through the organization, whether it was current or prior to or your prior experience with the team? Uh, probably Jason Bay. You know, Jason Bay was uh, you know, obviously a great baseball player, the funny story about him is uh, his mom was calling me all the time because uh, he's Canadian and couldn't get a work visa to play for us. And so it was, uh, it was fun talking to her. And uh, But he obviously had a great career, and he started right here in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, that's fantastic. Jason Bay, a well-known name around the Massachusetts parts as well as the Vermont parts for sure. And then how about favorite ballpark you've attended as a fan? I'd probably say, you know, Fenway, you know, is obviously a classic, you know, Yankee Stadium, that's that's another classic. But yeah, I've been to a lot of ballparks. I lived in St. Louis for a little while. St. Louis was a ton of fun uh, to cheer on the Cardinals and, and go to Bush Stadium. Love going to minor league parks. Minor league parks are, are kind of my my love and my passion. You know, I go there not only as a fan, but I go there to look at the business operation to see, you know, who they have for sponsors, you know, what do they have for offerings for concessions, you know, in-game promotions. So it allows me to uh, to enjoy the game of baseball a little bit, but also uh, try to learn and uh, steal some of their ideas as well. Yeah, you're always you're always working a little bit when you're at, that's right. when you're at a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. And then how about a baseball stadium or a sporting event that's on your bucket list? Well, I went to the Super Bowl, saw the, saw the Super Bowl, uh, saw the uh, New York Giants, which is uh, my my favorite team. Yeah, beat up on the Patriots, so which was uh, which was great. Oh. That was their. <laughs> Their, uh, their one loss that season, and uh, so I was there to see it in Arizona. I, I've yet to go to a World Series game, so I'd like to you know take in a World Series game, and that, uh, that'd be a, a ton of fun. Yeah, that Patriots comment hurt a little bit for me and John. No, we're not allowed <laughs> to talk about that here. That's right. But yeah, World Series game is certainly on our bucket list as well. And how about if you were stepping up to the dish or coming in as a pitcher, what would be your walk-up music? Oh, great one. Great question. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Probably, probably something by uh, Van Halen. I'm going to guess. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be the stadium would be rocking with that on. 100%. Exactly. Yeah, something like a you know an old school uh, you know classic rock to get the crowd pumped up here and get myself pumped up before uh, either taking the mound or uh, you know heading to the plate here. Absolutely. And then, how about favorite MLB team and favorite player, whether it's current or historical? I'd probably say my favorite uh, major league baseball teams, the Red Sox. Growing up in Vermont, you know, it's a little easier. It's easy to follow those guys a little bit, which is great. You know, I've been to Fenway a fair amount of my life, which is awesome. As my, as for my favorite player, uh, growing up, it was always Ozzie Smith. So Ozzie Smith in St. Louis. I just loved watching him play as a baseball player. I got a chance to meet him when I was living in St. Louis, and uh, he's a really nice guy. And uh, so got a couple autographed items from him, and he's you know basically my favorite favorite player. You know. 
when I was growing up and uh, probably is one of still one of my favorite players these days too. With a name like Ozzy, you certainly don't need a nickname, but what about you? Do you have any baseball nicknames or nicknames around? <laughs> Good questions. My nickname in baseball is called Thor. Yeah, the, uh, the story behind that is uh, our manager years ago, he lives in California and he was our manager for the Expos and Lake Monsters for a little bit. His name's Tony Barbone. And uh, so we called him Bones. And so the first time we ever met him, you know, shook his hand and, and uh, said, oh, I'm CJ. And he's like, you don't look like a CJ, you look like a Thor. And then <laughs> that name stuck and it's been, you know, stuck for probably about, I don't know, 25 years now, 26 years. So that one, uh, that one's still there. Yeah, which is, which is a ton of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, are you superstitious? Obviously, the sleeping in the dugout, but in a, in a, in the normal routine of a season without a slump, do you have any superstitions? Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, actually, when we were in Connecticut, first year there, I think, 2010, maybe it might have been 2011, our bus broke down going from Western New York to North Connecticut. We had a home game that night. So we had a packed house of uh, about four or 5,000 people there. And it happened to be on a Friday night and it happened to be on Friday the 13th. Our bus broke down on Friday the 13th. Never got there in time, uh, and we had a packed place. So what we did was basically uh, invited fans out to uh, go on the field, take batting practice, shag fly balls, play catch. We had music going, we had concessions going, uh, and we really took something that was just uh, something that was out of our control and uh, tried to make a great end of it. People really appreciated that. Uh, we obviously exchanged their their tickets for other future games, but. That happened to be on Friday the 13th. ESPN picked up on it, and so they did a live interview with us. And the whole topic was baseball and superstitions, and just literally happened to be that our bus broke down and eventually got to the park around uh, you know nine o'clock that night. But obviously, we didn't play. Yeah, you hear those stories a lot, but making something out of it is uh, is the best thing you can do. This is a Back to the Futures. I think it's a fan favorite. Owen's been telling me. I'm still new, but are you a bubblegum guy or a sunflower seeds guy? Ooh, I'd probably go seeds. Nothing like taking some sunflower seeds and uh, watching some baseball and chewing on them and spitting them out. So it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And when you're at the park, either as a fan or for whatever, what's your favorite ballpark food? Uh, I guess you got to go hot dogs. I mean, you know, hot dogs are the, uh, you know, the, the natural and that's the, uh, you know, there's nothing like a hot dog, especially on a hot summer day. You know, it just tastes so much better than when you make it at your house. You're there and, and you know, the sights and sounds and smells of a baseball game are, are pretty awesome. And I think that's what people are looking forward to uh, for 2021 and beyond is to get back to that normalcy and get back to that uh, opportunity to to walk on the concourse, hear music playing, uh, hear the, the crack of the bat and the ball and uh, the roar of the crowd. Alrighty, and last question of this quick hit segment: What's an all-time favorite baseball memory you have? I think uh, one of my all-time favorites is being at Centennial Field. You know, on a sold-out night, we actually had ESPN there. We were the the last Expos in baseball, summer of 2005. So the place was sold out. No tickets left. Sports Center broadcasted live from there, and it was just really interesting to see their stage set up and see how many people were interested and uh, wanted to come out to to support it. And so. That was a that was a pretty nutty day at the ballpark, and but it was a you know an interesting memory, an interesting moment to be a part of. So I was also part of you know on Sports Center for a couple of the pieces. Uh, it was their 50 and 50 uh, states program, and uh, it was just a really neat thing to be on ESPN and be on Sports Center as part of the the Vermont Expos. Yeah, that's awesome, and we're really excited for packed houses in Vermont this summer for Futures League Baseball as well. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Well, CJ, thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. And we're really excited to visit and see you in Vermont very soon. Thank you guys very much. And uh, go Lake Monsters.
Go Lake Monsters indeed. This has been Season 3, Episode 3 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. We'll be right back.